Welcome everyone to the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. The founders of Optimal Alignment Health, Nanda and Dr. Shirazi, are back to discuss taking ownership of our choices in order to build our future selves. Thank you for coming back for this third episode, especially with Thanksgiving being next week. We're excited to be back yet again to <laughs> to get everybody ready and to feel empowered. Yeah. This week, empowerment of the choices that you're making. And, you know, I'll just jump off and say I'm 100 pounds less today than I was seven years ago. Wow. Wow. Transformation is a process that we said in the last show requires grace and self-compassion and coming from a family that owned like fast food restaurants i am amazed at the ability of the body to transform it is divine in the capacity that we have this power in us to change everything by changing our choices And with that knowing that I have the power, that I have the power of choice, you can really go into the holidays knowing that nobody controls us, that we have that capacity to do so. And it's not just the weight. As much as I know that, you know, our society builds it off of weight, and that's even how Mm -hmm. I said it, it's a cellular transformation. It's how I think. It's how I respond. It's how I relate. Everything changed. I basically just shed an old me. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's that's a great transition into today's topic because we talked about the dysfunctions that hinder optimal health. And then we talked a little bit about conscience function and what that looks like, especially heading into the holidays. But today I thought we could talk about mastering the body-mind component. And so that was a perfect <laughs> lead-in into this discussion because... The holidays can be tough. It's a time of celebration and all that, but it's also a time of loneliness and sadness. And and being alone doesn't mean we have to be lonely. And I like what you said about your personal pilgrimage with weight. Mm -hmm. In the context, by the way, of a family business, right? I can only imagine what holidays were like for you guys. Oh, goodness. But I think it's an important discussion if you could speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, I think what I didn't have before that I have now, as as we said in the last episode as, as well, is a understanding of my health, the value of health, this plateau that I hit where it feels so good making these choices that it's become easy for me holiday after holiday, dinner party after dinner party, birthday party after birthday party to recognize this every time I make the right choice I stay in my empowerment I stay feeling good I stay with clarity Mm -hmm. and on the front end of this it was a bit of ebb and flow it was falling off the wagon and having some contrast to wow I feel I don't feel good anymore how long did it take you by the way just I know I'm going off topic a little bit but how long did it take you to lose 100 pounds Mm six years six years and this was a this was a lifelong uh relationship to my weight to food and all of the things and components Mm -hmm. that go into it i mean Mm -hmm. this episode won't go into the 
the things that I'm still uncovering and healing through today. You know, these awakenings of, wow, I did have so much trauma that I didn't really take account for. I did have so many dysfunctional patterns that I wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. So it's the layers, the emotional, oh, spiritual, so physical. Many. Yeah. So many. And it's the, it's the work that I want to live life in my full authenticity and my divinity. Right. So what do you think you can share with our listening audience as we head into the holiday season, right? And again, some people, food and family are two sources of great anxiety for us. And pleasure, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. Pleasure and great sources of gratitude, right? The dopamine, serotonin mm-hmm. thing we talked about. But what do you think became instrumental for you during those six years of holidays you had six cycles of holidays that you processed really great word i'm sure everybody here knows it well boundaries (laughs) and discipline (laughs) boundaries and discipline and on the front end it can feel that you're distancing yourself from the people you love Mm. and what i've recognized in the boundaries that i had to create for myself for periods of staying away from certain family members or from situations is what I needed to develop in order to get my discipline to go back into those situations and to be able to say no or to be able to say I'm walking away or to be able to do the thing that best served my health and well-being. So maybe it wasn't so much about staying away from them as getting alone with yourself. Well, what I realize now that this is was such an important thing because they mean so much to me and I love them so much that you don't know what you don't know. And so now I can go home with this information and say, hey, look, this is how we were raised. This is how y'all were raised. And that there's something on the other side of getting out of these addictions or holding each other responsible or being codependent, that there's this life and vitality that exists when you take good care of yourself and you boundary yourself and you say no. But what's interesting that you said, you really had to reconcile and come to grips with some emotional things, right? Which is, we talk a lot about that in the rest. There's no other way. There's no other way, yeah. (laughs) Because we tend to become judgmental about family, about food, about these situations. We tend to be judgmental or disregard the impact and the pull they all have on us. When in fact, it's how we show up Mm. to these encounters And I think the extent of the things that we digest and process ourselves is what causes us to show up differently. And so I wonder what that process was like for you. You talk right here about building relationships with your future self. You'd kind of decided what you wanted and who you wanted to be and what you wanted to look like, I think. To some extent, I don't know. After, you know, we've been best friends for seven years after meeting chiropractic school and the evolution of I got to experience a lot of this evolution as we work together and I think that it plays in perfectly as an example of the stages of change going from unconscious dysfunction where it was just living in the societal norms as they are and accepting that as life rhythms right yeah moving from there to conscious dysfunction where i believe you watched fat sick and nearly dead that's right and that was you know a game changer for you where you recognized that there was more my you know i can do more i can i can experience an elevated state of existence and life quality 
And then a lot of conscious function, like actually using your brain to perform the activities that are good for it, that are health promoting. And now you've gotten to a point of unconscious function, which is the goal. That's It's intuitive, right? That's mm-hmm. the goal we all want to get to is where we were living, you know, as robots programmed by society and our families and everything. Conditioned, right? Conditioned. Mm-hmm. And now we want to get to a point where we are self-programmed. Okay, go through those stages one more time and say them slowly. First is unconscious dysfunction, where you don't know what you don't know. It's darkness. Then you move to conscious dysfunction, where you are willing to look underneath the bed for the monsters and see what's down there. And if there's, there's dysfunction, that you can adapt and make more functional. Once you have, and that's really the, one of the most beautiful stages, is recognizing where you have room for improvement. From that recognition of where I can improve in my life comes the beauty of taking action in the conscious function. That's where you get to take action towards dharma or your life purpose or who you really are, however you want to put it. And the goal is to become that. And that's unconscious function where you no longer have to stress and think about what choices you're going to make because you are that person. You are that healthy person who makes health promoting choices because you love the way that you feel as that new being it's really training every facet of who you are and by the time you get to the unconscious function that's really your autonomic nervous system just completely being reprogrammed and taking over and then it becomes like that golf swing you never have to Mm. think about again right that's the point, yeah. The idea is, can I practice these functional habits so often that I'm just showing up in that regard? Mm-hmm. And I said, at first, you know, it's this epiphany. It's like when you're changing your behavior patterns, you do feel like you can't relate really to your family as much or they, they're they ridiculing you maybe. Why aren't you having a drink with us? Or friends even, not just family. And you reinforce this behavior in terms of, well, I'm doing it because I feel so good. and That's a wonderful conversation. Instead of just even saying, no, I don't drink, say, I feel great. This, this works for me. This works this for me, works and I feel me. so good. And honestly, I can be fully present and enjoy your company. And I'm fine. And I think that you are empowering so many people that are looking up to you because so many people don't think they can do it. And I yeah. think what happened with me is... My whole family saw it, and there was no excuse at that point. And at first, it was this resistance to the information, and now I'm going home, and so-and-so is changing the way they're eating. So-and-so is not uh, having dairy anymore. So-and-so is working out. And we don't even realize how much we influence each other. Somebody has to take have the courage to say, you know what? these dysfunctional systems aren't working for me because when somebody's drinking so too much they know it when somebody's eating too much they know it Mm -hmm. when somebody Mm -hmm. is in a completely chaotic state of dis-ease emotionally spiritually and obviously it always has physical manifestations they know it so by virtue of seeing someone that is at peace enjoying company conversation food 
mm-hmm. family, and you can be present and enjoying all those things. Those things are compelling. I will say that as you were speaking, I was reminded of my very first job, my very first big job I landed. I had a, a large territory, a sales territory in the food business. And when we had these national conferences and meetings, the company was, uh, the headquarters was in Texas. So you can only imagine. It oh was so much fun. But it was food and partying mm-hmm. after these meetings. And I'm not a drinker. I never have been. I grew up, my heritage is, I'm South American, but all Italian, you know, European descent. So you grow up without all around you. And for some reason, I just was never a big drinker. And I remember feeling so perplexed by their need to get wasted mm-hmm. and and just keep drinking and drinking. And I never felt judgmental about it. It was just, I was perplexed by it. I was confused by it more than anything. I didn't see the fun in it or the joy in it. And I'll never, ever forget my boss came to my wedding and he said, I never said anything to you, but I'll never forget looking across the room at two, one, two, three in the morning, however late we stayed out. And I just had so many glasses of orange juice and Perrier and all that. <laughs> he said, I was just perplexed how you could make it that long and have conversation and be present and not drink. And I think of how many things I would have missed if I was drinking. Mm. I took such pleasure in those relationships. They were so sweet. I learned so much. I can still remember specific conversations, dates, times. It was amazing. And I don't know. I wonder how much we miss because we're not aware of these dysfunctions and how we look to compensate for them with food, drink, sex, I don't know, shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Things that take us away from the source of life, which is relationships, right? With people and with the earth. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of building a relationship with the future self that is your authentic brightest, most radiant self. And when we can visualize, you know, for the holidays is an excellent time to if you are struggling with health issues or weight or or drinking or whatever it may be, to be able to build a relationship with who you really are, mm-hmm. with the person that you are becoming and to know that in that state, you know, two years from now, a year from now, three years from now, to be able to visualize and see yourself being able to go to all these family gatherings, to be able to go out with friends, and to know that in that state, you have achieved everything that you wanted and you have the willpower, you have the confidence, you have everything you need 
and nobody else has to change around you. I like that. And also what drives people to drink and what drives people to food are deep, deep wounds, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. wanting to not be there and not, and wanting to not be present. Escape. But I think, yeah, the escape facet, exactly. But I think if we can just begin to look at these scenarios a little bit different, yeah, I might feel awful about who I was, decisions I made, places, you know, things I said, whatever, who I am, where my life is right now. Yes, all those things may be things we're disappointed about. But when we set our intention on optimal health and optimizing some of these things, at least today, after this gathering, after this event, after this season, I will conquer this one thing. Change happens at the end of our comfort zone. Yes. So change happens at the end of our comfort zone. So if we can enter perhaps these events, these situations, understanding, oh, wait a minute. I know where I've been. I know what I've done. I know what I've seen. I know the stuff that just sucks about me and decisions I've made. But today and this holiday and this season, based on having a deeper understanding of just the dopamine, serotonin, about dysfunction, about function, about some of the stuff you guys are talking about today, tomorrow, this season, I'm going to step into this knowing that wherever my comfort ends, that's where my optimal health begins. Yeah. And that's kind of a good intention, I think, perhaps, unless you want to change or add to that. Yeah, and I want to go off of that, actually, and I love what Dr. Shrazi said earlier in regards to people changing around you when you started it, right? Yes. And going off of what you just said, Virginia, with change starting at the end of your comfort zone, when we're around our sphere of influence and we begin to change and we get out of our comfort zone, it's almost like there's a rubber band between you and like the rest of your family, the rest of your peers. Mm -hmm. They can feel that tension when you start moving forward in life and maybe they're a little stuck. They start feeling that tension, which is where we start feeling maybe that judgment around Thanksgiving or around families. But start. it might be an inspiration, right? It's, well, that's exactly what I'm getting at is that it's it's an inspiration. And then they have that choice, and that realization. Well, if they can do it, then I can too. And I'll make this point as well. Who you associate with is who you become. So if you're associating with healthier people and if, if you're instilling these healthier habits, then you have that influence on the people around you and they'll feel that tension and they'll most likely go with you. And if they decide not to, then they don't. But because of that tension, it can still be a source of inspiration. Absolutely. A huge one. Yeah. I think what I realized too is, yeah, it's this mirror neuron effect that you become who you hang out with by, by nature. And so for me, again, it was important. I moved to Oregon to go home often to spend time because I'm learning all this information and it was not even what you say it's really who you are Mm -hmm. that rubs off on the people and so again you may be doing this for your well-being but you're doing it for your family yeah you're doing it for your community and really ultimately we're doing it for the whole Mm -hmm. and going off of the last two episodes we were born into dysfunction not just our parents you're talking about generational dysfunction coming from scarcity and fear and we developed these systems because it was so scarce and so we're all on a very large collective level trying to heal Mm -hmm. and so as one of us heals you're just going to resonate that as best you can and it gets stronger and if it's your family that's picking it up that's great if it's your friends great 
somebody's ready at that resonance to pick up what you're picking up. And it doesn't have to just be family. When they're ready, right. they're ready. Yeah. We're one thing. And as one of us heals, all of us heal. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. So I, I think one of the things I want to encourage everyone with Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your family. Uh-huh. Enjoy the food. Enjoy everything. But pick something, anything, that will, whether it has to do with spiritual things, with emotional things, with physical things, with food things, but pick something that will be the end of your comfort towards that's going to propel you to optimal health. I mean, I would just encourage everyone to really take full, 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 entire 100% accountability (laughs) for their own experience, especially going through the holidays. And family can be very difficult, and yet no one, not any other person can force us to do something we don't want to do or to even feel an emotion. These relationships and these times where we're gathering are such excellent opportunities to decide how we want to be in relation to others and that's our own choice how how i want to be in relation to others not how others make me feel not what they want me to do but how i want to be in relationship to all of that such a good good statement ray and i had the privilege of working with mylan yorkovich that wrote a book called how we love He and his wife, Mm. Kay, wrote a great book, and I use it as a significant resource. I think we have it on our website. website. But I'll never forget leaving his office one day. And we'd been married almost 35 years, and we went to work with him for a little bit. We hit some hiccups in the road. And I'll never forget him saying, Virginia, how do you want Ray to be perceive you next by next week I want you to come in and tell me how you want Ray to perceive you and Ray you come in and tell us how you want Virginia to perceive you and I remember I was so mad I got in the car and I won't say everything I was talking to God about but I had a meltdown and I'll never forget hearing that quiet still voice that said that's right it's not about how people perceive you here's a question Virginia how do you want to be perceived what's the highest Mm. calling of Mm -hmm. your own conscience and how do you want to be perceived Mm. and i'll tell you it was like a switch went on in my soul and it was a turning point in a year's worth of working with mylan it was a turning point Wow. And that I thought that's me it. Goosebumps. Did it? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's it, because it has everything to do with mastering the mind, body. It's you, your capacity to self-govern, right? Yeah. So, what are closing thoughts from each of you on? Give everyone a tip about mastering the body, mind, and mind towards optimal health. That it's input output. That if your input's going to be the same, you're going to show up the same in life. Input meaning what thoughts am I putting in? What food am I putting in? What friendships am I putting in? Mm-hmm. Input, output. And so if you're truly wanting to change, the input has to change. In, in my particular situation, all the input changed yeah, completely. Who I was hanging out with, what food I was putting in, what I was listening to, just constant like 
reinforced books and statements about how to live a life of authenticity and you're wanting to be incredibly compassionate and patient as the transformation happens because one thing is we get impatient we've been going to the gym i've been doing all this i'm still the same person mm-hmm. neurosynapses take time it That's takes right. a year it takes two years three years i can say undoubtedly with conviction that it will happen just have your eyes set on the big picture and just show up as best you can and when you fall off hold your hand to your heart give yourself radical forgiveness and then start back again Mm -hmm. and one day you'll look in the mirror and you won't even know who you're looking at anymore that's right yeah Mm -hmm. that's so good Mm. okay nanda Mm, that was really good (laughs) that was good (laughs) yeah that was really good my greatest desire for everyone is to to recognize their intrinsic worthiness and value now knowing that you don't have to be at the change you don't have to already you know physically be this person who you are aspiring to become even if there's a big difference between your actual reality now and who you see yourself as to know that that person who you see yourself as if you can cultivate a greater relationship with that self, with your authentic self, with who you really are, and become that and recognize that that is me, that's all me, all of my choices are me, and if that's who I'm becoming, that authentic relationship will become embodied in the choices that you make now. Oh, so good. (laughs) And I would invite everyone listening to know, this is so good, that if you're confused about what that looks like, I want you to close your eyes and think back as far, far, far back as you can remember to that quiet, still voice that called your name. And you know that voice because it said, I was meant for more than this. Hmm. And it was a quiet, quiet, gentle, I think, knock of God on the doors of your soul to say if you let me in I will come in and do a work in you like you never imagined and it's a beautiful place of knowing that at the end of the day we share in our common humanity this hunger for more because we were meant for more than this and eternity is set in the soul of man and when we can get to that place of surrender and we open ourselves up to the wonder and the possibility of what that's all about, wow, we begin to realize that there is something sacred in every single man. And that is that man is the dwelling place of God. And I think that's where optimal health really begins. So thank you both so much. Own your God so- self. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cherish everything that's sacred about you and all your relatives you're going to see in Next a week. week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They have that special sacred mm. thing in them too. They're heart, set apart. So heart to heart hugs, just if, that's and, right. and, and doubt, just hug them. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Mug for 19 seconds. Yeah. That's right. 19 seconds. That's I like that. Oxytocin release. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both again for being here. We really appreciate it. It's been an honor. If you'd like more information about Optimal Alignment Health, Nanda and Dr. Shirazi, please go to OptimalAlignmentHealth.com. And then for updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. We will be taking a break for the holiday, so enjoy your Thanksgiving and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. <laughs> <laughs>